it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to Series 3 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the men's basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. In Season 1, we told the story God wrote of how the men in our program traded the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three, ultimately culminating in a national championship. Here's Coach Tonegal in Episode 1 talking about how pursuing God first and others second translates to any context. It's just ripe for the market. I think it's ripe for culture. Because our culture wants greatness. I am third ultimately produces greatness. I think it produces greatness inside of individuals, inside of organizations, in, inside of teams, which is the exact opposite as we've talked about the, the pull of me, which I think just distorts that greatness. This series will take listeners inside each program in IWU's athletic department, sharing how each coach is flipping the world's vision of leadership upside down, instead pursuing kingdom greatness through discipleship. The terminology in each program may be different, and the application may change. But the coaches at IWU believe pursuing God first and others second is a powerful way to live and to lead in any context. Today's episode will feature the competitive cheer team. In the first half, Coach Lindsey Reap will join, followed by junior PJ Sabaka in the second half. They'll be followed again by athletic director Mark DeMichael in overtime. We're joined now by Coach Lindsey Reap. Coach, it was a year ago when you transitioned from the assistant coaching job to the head coaching spot on the, the cheer team. What was that process like and what did you focus on? Yeah, the transition was um, exciting. Um, it was also a little scary taking over as head coach, um, but I knew that my team really needed consistency and just building consistency as a coaching staff, building consistency with my athletes and just setting the expectation for what our competitive team was going to look like in future years. Um, this was kind of the building block and stepping stone year for that. So from being part of the program, you saw the direction you wanted to go. How did you begin to implement that as the leader of the program? I felt like my athletes really need to be empowered to just achieve um, their goals and what they wanted as a team. They were very competitive, um, but just needed some direction. And um, they really stepped up wanting to um, do well at nationals, as every team does, but really wanting to place higher than we had the year before. And so we set goals as a team. We set goals as a staff and just really gave them the opportunity to um, reach those goals and, and uh, succeed in that way. So a lot of our audience comes from a basketball fan background, and there's other people that we hear from that love all kinds of sports, but what are some of the unique challenges and complexities of coaching a, a competitive cheer team, and what are the ways you can go about building that type of team that performs at a high level? Yeah, with cheer, um, we have 20 athletes on the mat at one time, and we're building people on top of each other. And so with that, um, everyone has to be performing at their best at every single moment. Our routine is two, two minutes and 15 seconds. And so if one person isn't all in or one person isn't focused or something doesn't go right, it really does affect the whole team and the whole performance. And we don't really get a do-over. Um, so just that is a lot of mental toughness, a lot of mental um, strategizing. And so we really just focused on um, how to be consistent in, in, our, in hitting our routine. So it's a shorter t 
time of competition, yes. but you have to be on point. So as you train these athletes for consistency, how do they get to that point for that time they can be mistake free? We really focus in practice on hitting every part of our element every day, um, working on timing, everything's to counts in cheer. And so um, we took a lot of deductions in the past few years with not being exactly on time. Things were not falling, but things were not also on time. And so um, that comes with experience. This year I have a lot of, um, I have a lot more leadership than I have in the years past. And so with that experience, my athletes really are stepping into knowing what it takes to to hit the routine and hit their mounts, hit their stunts on time and just being consistent. With that, I, let's move to the discipleship piece of leading your program because I know that's a big emphasis that you have. What does that look like within your program? And last year, what shape did that take? Yeah, last year we really focused on studying through Philippians. We honed in on just humbling ourselves and considering our teammates more important than ourselves, and that really plays out on the mat um, in a lot of ways. That's a challenge to consider other people more important or more significant than yourself, but when they really embraced that, they were encouraging their teammates. They were um, living out that call and that discipleship. And I, I know one of your athletes in particular spoke at the commissioning service last year and had a very powerful voice. And from what I understand, it that transitioned even to something you guys did as a team when you went to Nationals. Yeah, we were able to share um, the gospel and just share our um, our story as a team and what kind of drives us be behind our practices and behind our competitions. We had a huge turnout um, and just a time of prayer before our competition. People were giving up their practice time and... Um, it was just a really neat to see a lot of programs come together and under the under the banner of Christ. It was really cool. It it seems countercultural, coach, to be at the biggest stage against your most elite competition and invite them in to something like that. What was that like as a team to be a part of something that was bigger than just what your team was doing? Yeah, we actually had a lot of questions about coach, why why are we inviting the opponent in and it was fun I got to answer some of that for some of our freshmen and I said because it's bigger than us it's not about at this point we can only give what we can give in our routine and praying with the other team is not going to defeat us so um, it's bigger than just um, giving our routine it's bigger it's about glorifying God through our sport and that's this is how we have that platform to do that when we come back we'll hear from one of these athletes about being part of this team, and even that experience at Nationals. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I Am Third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I Am Third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.ins mgt.com. Now back to the second half. 
We're joined now by junior PJ Sabaka. PJ, why don't you tell listeners about your growth over the past few years here at Indiana Wesleyan? Okay, so um, when I came to IWU, I was here just to be a cheerleader. Like, that's all I really wanted to do. And, like, I soon learned, like, through my way that that wasn't why I was here. It was God calling me here because I had really lost my way. And I didn't really know what I was doing. Like, I was like, cheer is what I want to do. And then soon enough, I'm like, God is really, like, working in me. And, like, from my freshman year until now, I have felt like, God has just taken over my life and it's just a whole revamp and refreshing of my whole life because I was really lost and I had no idea where I was going, what I was doing. I was just like, cheer is the way. But luckily, like, I found God and cheer helped me find God. It just, it was a journey and it's something new. So what was that journey like? Who, who were the key people and what were the key moments that really led you to have this growth? Um, I feel like my mom and my grandfather were big contributors because they kind of knew I was struggling so they were really pushing me to come to IWU and like figure out my life and maybe figure out a real good relationship with God and then once I got here um, my coaches were very strong influences and then my teammates were also very like humbling and like helping me and they were just like asking like if you're good and like how's your walk with God and making sure like I'm figuring it all out because they knew I was like new to the whole like relationship with God and how to develop that. So they were helping me pursue just a new relationship because they knew I was new and I needed as much help as I could get. And as you've pursued that, coach was telling me you're the captain of the team. So you've grown in such a way that you are now a leader on the team. How has that changed your perspective when you go into practices and competitions? Oh, it's changed a lot. Um, because when I first got here, I was like, it's about me. Like, this is cheer. I want to improve myself. And then once I found, like, that real strong base and relationship with God, I was like, it's really not about me. I need to serve my others. I need to serve my teammates and show them, like, how to, like, glorify God through my sport. And then also, like, to serve them in a way that they can improve their skills and cheer, but also improve their relationship with the Lord. Um it's just, it's not about yourself anymore. It's about your team and glorifying the Lord and playing for one another and then caring that like your team's there for you and then you need to be there for your team. It's just not about oneself. It's not selfishness. It's being selfless and driving that like it's a team effort, not just yourself. So take me then into a competition because Coach was talking about how you've got two minutes and some odd seconds mm -hmm. and you have to be perfect. How is it different during that time when you have this attitude of serving others rather than focusing only on yourself? It's like you need to support your others. Like it's just even sometimes in a routine you say, let's go. Like you just say somebody's name and it gives them that like, like, yes, I'm there for you. Like you're going to do great. Like it's just not thinking in your head like, all right, I got to do this right. And it's just about me. It's like you have to make sure like others around you are safe because like you're like high in the air. Like. You need to make sure, like, if they're falling, like, you're there to protect them, make sure they're okay. But also, you need to be there to show them, like, you're supporting them and, like, you're improving that and, like, that you're there for them throughout the whole two and a half minutes. Like, it feels super short, but then again, you're taking months to prepare for this. So, like, you need to ha build that trust with your teammates to know that, like, these two and a half minutes are going to be perfect and, like, we can get through this as a team. It's obvious when you have that much pressure and you all have to rely on each other, how important that attitude would be. Last thing, PJ, Coach talked a little bit about this worship time you had mm -hmm. last year at Nationals and just how unique it was to invite your mm -hmm. opponents in. Talk about that time. It, it is 
eye-opening and amazing because many of these schools, like, they're not Christian universities and many of them maybe not even believers. And we're just walking around like, hey, we're doing this worship time, like, just come before we compete and just feel it out with us. And a lot of them, like, a lot of people came. We were outside in a huge circle. We had our uh, senior captain, Adam Smith, last year lead it, and it was amazing. He's he led such a great worship time and we had many people coming up to us after like asking questions and thing feeling like hey like I feel like I'm being called to this and we prayed for many of these people because they didn't really know like how to feel because some of them weren't believers and they felt like there was something tugging on their heart saying that this may be the way for them and it's just an awesome experience because like we're not we're just showing people the way to the Lord and like maybe allowing them to go down a journey that that they're being called to because of just us opening up as a team saying like hey come come to this worship time I know we're competing against each other but we're all people here like we're all God's kingdom we just want to like spread that love over everybody that's competing against us we're joined by athletic director Mark DeMichael continuing the conversation we've had over the previous few episodes about intentional shared experiences. Today we're gonna to talk about the commissioning service. Coach, can you tell listeners about that? Yeah, the commissioning service is uh, something that we do at the beginning of the year, usually within a couple of weeks of, of school starting, and it's another one of those unified times that we get together. And the whole, the whole purpose of that, the commissioning service, is to bring us together in a, a worship and spiritual focused evening when we really talk and, and focus on the Great Commission. It, it's taking the what had been up to that point probably for a lot of the first-year athletes, a lot of the focus is on them. Hey, this is what we're going to do for you. We're going to invest in you. We're going to mentor you. We're going to disciple you. It's taking that now trying to get them out of themselves saying, and now what we're calling you to do, what we're here to do is the external ministry. It's to take these gifts and talents, take the discipleship your coach is providing you, and now use that to bring Jesus to those that you come in contact with. So the whole point of the commissioning service is to anoint and commission our student athletes, our teams, to go out into the world and bring the good news of Jesus Christ through their sport. And the Great Commission, of course, is to go and make disciples. And a lot of what we've been talking about through this pursuit is making discipleship the driver of our programs and of our department. So what does that night actually look like? couple of different phases. We have, obviously, a worship time together. We always have a, a great worship team that, that sets the, the spirit of the evening, um, focused on the Holy Spirit and the Lord working. And then we really have, the, we focus on the student-athletes. So we, we always have a few student-athletes that we ask to get up and share with the group on what being an IW student-athlete means and how how the experience of being an IDA student-athlete has changed their perspective on what the definition of a student-athlete is and what the purpose of athletics is, both in, in college at Indiana Wesleyan and then how it impacts them later in life. And so we always, it's always student-athletes that talk about, they, they'll talk about that transformation that happens from being a transactional thing where I love this sport and this is something that I do um, and my identity and value is in this to this, these are gifts that God is giving me that I'm using for others. So these athletes get up and they share testimony. They share how they've grown, how they're learning what it means to fulfill the Great Commission within their sport. What else happens that night? Yeah, then once that's done sharing, then we have a really cool time. We, know we hand out our wristbands. We have wristbands every year that have our department scripture verse on it, Philippians 2, 1 through 11. 
Then we break up into teams and a group, two or three teams go together and we ask a, a campus leader, the president, our VPs, to come and do a, prayer, do a prayer of anointing over each team. So they'll go to different parts of our campus, our quad area, and they'll stand in groups of, of three teams and each team will step forward and that campus leader will do a prayer of anointing on them for the Great Commission that the Lord will use them uh, to, to make disciples across the world. And then after all that is done, then we have a unity candle ceremony where everyone's given a candle and they, they light the candles of each other. We make a huge circle around the area here on campus where you're not standing next to a teammate. They're all together to really give the visual of this is who we are. When you see 400 student athletes and coaches in a circle at night with candles and Dr. Lowe praying a, a, a prayer of unity over us that God will use us, it's a pretty special time. To go back to the athlete testimony, we heard from the cheer coach and the a cheer squad member earlier in this episode. I want to go back to last year to the athlete testimony because a cheer team member got up and shared the main testimony from a student that night. What happened? Adam Smith was uh, the cheer team member that shared. He shared the last testimony, which the last testimony tends to be uh, someone who's who's more uh, mature, older, and and it's a challenge that goes with it. And I tell you what, Adam brought it that night. He was, you could tell his he was moved by the Holy Spirit, and he shared his experience and growth, but also spent a lot of time challenging our student athletes to see the mission as as the core of who they are and to go out and use this avenue and this platform that IW Athletics has provided for their skills and abilities to be disciples of Christ, not just to those that they know, but to those that they don't know, including their opponents. And I remember how passionate he was, and I remember feeling excited about what he was saying, but this story didn't stop when he was done speaking that night. No, it got better um, because he, he put his, his words into action. And our, our, our cheer team had a, had a great season, and they, they qualified for the NAI National Championships of Competitive Cheer. And they got to the National Championships in Oklahoma City, and Adam felt prompted to have a, a testimony and, and worship time and Bible study. And he invited all the teams that were at the National Championships to come to that. And every team had somebody show up. Full teams showed up. But every team had, had some show up. And Adam himself brought the, the Devo to the entire group. And the spirit was moving that day. I wasn't there, but the reports I get from our coach, Lindsay, and, and the players was that, that God was speaking through Adam that, that day. So uh, for him to not only get up and talk about what should be done, but to, to feel prompted to actually be a leader in that and to, to make disciples um, in a place of those teams that were not only people he didn't know, they were going to get out on the, on the mat and compete with them the next day uh, was just an amazing thing. Sometimes we look at the Great Commission, and we think about pastors. Pastors should make disciples, and we should be being made disciples by pastors. Why is it so important for us to take this next step and in whatever context we're in to take that seriously ourselves? Pastors are, are do ministry for, by vocation. They're, they're, they're called to do that, but we're all called to the Great Commission, whether it's our vocation or not. And too often we get we let our identity be in what our job is, and our identity is in Christ. So when our identity is in Christ, then our job becomes the tool to be what we've ultimately been called to be, and that is a disciple. We've not been called to be a coach. Our calling is to be a discipler. The coach is the tool and the position that allows us to be the discipler in the way that God has called us to be. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, 
Please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask iWoo Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWooHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at iwoohoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.